construction pros, Christoph Trapp here, another episode of our Digging Deeper podcast. We're recording live in southern Germany at Liebherr. I'm joined by Andreas Böhm. He's a member of the board of directors of Liebherr International and also Holger Streitz. Um, he's the managing director of design, innovation and a, a number of other things. <laughs> Thanks for joining us um, for today. And one subsidiary of the Lipia Group. So he is part of the international managing director, and I'm in our division and a subsidiary uh, in Nancy. I'm responsible for design, quality management, and innovation management. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That was Holger. So now you know everybody's voice. Andreas uh, Boom will be next. So let's. we heard a lot about the future of construction sites. How do we move things forward? How do we make things simpler? Talk about that concept. Well, uh, for us, the construction site of the future has three main components or pillars, if you if you like, like so. Um, the uh, construction site of the future will be Firstly, more efficient in our view, then secondly, more digital or digitized, and thirdly, more environmentally friendly than in the past. It's not that nothing had happened over the last uh, 70 years of our history in, in under these headlines, but this has intensified heavily over the last couple of years in all kinds of products going even beyond the construction industry for our group. As you know, we are also involved in other things in the aerospace or in transportation and so on, maritime equipment quite similar everywhere these are the headlines and uh, there's many many examples of how we go about it uh, in terms of e efficiency i think that has maybe a longer track rate mm -hmm. track rate record than the the headline digitization which is has come only recently the last couple of years environmentally friendliness is more and more required we have a huge movement here in europe i mean it goes through all the medias right uh, you can see that and that also applies to our construction sites and maybe Holger, you you give examples from your daily work, if you want. I am convinced that what industry was done uh, 20, 30 years ago, using three-dimensional models and and combining and integrating uh, things, more and more process thinking, will also come now to the job site because at the moment sometimes the job site is a sequence of of craft, mm -hmm. step by step, uh, many players. And now they started with this model, uh, uh, item BIM, mm -hmm. building informational modeling. Now uh, the job site becoming 3D. It can be uh, monitored by drones and also the data and the machine are linked. So it's not just uh, man to machine, also connecting machine to machine. The performance, of course, is very important. But now they are more and more looking to the value chain and to the process. Because if you have a fast hoisting gear and the crane is waiting for the concrete plate because the truck is in the jam. So this is a bad process. Now this focus on process. And now we as Liebherr try to take part in the earliest step in this value chain, in this data chain, not just uh, supplying and providing the machine, but helping, as I mentioned, uh, being part with our expertise in this whole process uh, to assist customers and so this is what I see and of course uh, environmental safety is a very big issue availability because efficiency of course but I think that more and more customers ask for availability safety and environmental impact so I think there's a balance more and more coming 
Liebherr um, originally started innovating in 1949 when Germany had to be rebuilt um, with the mobile tower crane. Um, And of course, you're still doing that today. So let's talk about a few examples out in the field. What are some examples you can share um, specifically um, that are moving things forward? For instance, there's planning a job site. So, and planning and training. I didn't mention today this uh, simulation tool. Mm -hmm. So we have different things, the classroom or very small uh, operator's cap. So I think these three-dimensional things which we uh, provide from our CAT systems to the simulator, to the uh, planning tool, and also to augmented reality, you'll see it tomorrow. So I think there is also an, this is melts together. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we do not uh, separate this uh, single tools, but we want to provide a, a platform where the customers can choose and take what he needs at the moment. So planning, uh, so we have the complete fleet of our cranes inside and we also discuss about uh, integrating uh, other cranes, other cranes at the Leaper Group. The next step is to integrate cranes from our colleagues from Lieper Ehingen and from our tower crane colleagues and of course uh, third party machines because uh, for the customer job site planning is a whole picture not mm-hmm. our manufacturer's picture. So, and also this scenario technology that you see that the building is, is growing and how to position the crane and what's the right radius, is it a safe pick or not? So it's, it's very important and very accurate because we use for calculating the same software which is installed in the machine. So there is no difference at all. This is just one example, planning, training, combining, navigation maybe, things like that. So one, uh, one thing you talked about here was the LB16. Talk about how that fits in. The LB16, let me say, it started from, you asked uh, in the beginning about innovation. And mm-hmm. so there are two big approaches, this technology push and market pull. And on our roadmap, mostly uh, from product management, it comes this market pull. And so there was a demand uh, developing an electric driven machine. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that there were doubts that customers accept a plugged version because it's not that flexible uh, drill rig has to move mm-hmm. from pile to pile so and that's why we started this very radical thing and of course it was uh, by chance we met a good competent partner and that was guy gave us the possibility to be very fast that because we couldn't do this by our own at that time 11 months from the idea to Bauma. This was very fast. So mm-hmm. the LB16 fits in our portfolio. This is the smallest drilling rig, and it's suitable for electric drive. The bigger ones at the moment, we cannot uh, drive with this electric. So the diesel engine will have its place. The bigger the machine, the longer the diesel engine will be used in the future. Clean diesel engines, of course. So it's, it's a small drilling rig. It's an accepted popular machine. This was the first, and the drive concept was very radical because there should be a 10-hour shift being operated without any recharging. Mm-hmm. So, And, of course, there is the 
ground pressure indicator integrated, the LiPo system could be integrated. So there's also this bridge to uh, digital things, assistance systems, telematics, of course. We're doing this uh, for more than 15 years. We're collecting data. And so it's the bridge. And at the end, I think it's not necessary to distinguish if it's uh, uh, the old product or it's, uh, it's a, a digital software. At the end, we think, well, we start to thinking in solutions. And depends on the customer, we provide them more hardware and maybe we'll provide for to other customers more software. And so at what time would we see the LB16 in North America? That's how far out? This is a very difficult question because now we are very close to regulations and standardization. Mm -hmm. And I learned from my technical specialist, I'm a mechanical engineer, mm -hmm. that the regulation in Europe and the US varies a lot because mm -hmm. Uh, there are two things in mind. Americans are focused on preventing fire, mm -hmm. and that's why their regulation is, was grown up on that mindset. In Europe, they fear for shortcut, and so the European regulation so this is not one-to-one -one comparable. Mm -hmm. But we want to figure out if there's an acceptance for U.S., Uh, standardization committees, our European solution, or we have to go two ways. This is not uh, fixed at the moment. So there's still some work to do. And of course, uh, discussions with American customers, what about the needs, needs at the moment. So, so it's, yeah, that's the situation. <laughs> Tough question. Um, two more quick questions. Um, one is, since I have your attention here, what are the what are any other trends that you're seeing that people should be aware of that you're working on, especially as it relates to the North American market? Well, yeah. Well, maybe maybe starting here, uh, we talked about different drive systems. Yeah, you mentioned one here. Uh, we spoke about. Uh, alternative uh, um, other um, energy resources you know we, we we are testing all kinds of things with fuel cell whether it's uh, it's hydrogen technology um, we're involved in in almost everything we have competence centers there for drive systems actually here based in Europe they're busy with examining and testing loads of things but but we're not at a stage yet uh, to be able to confirm that something will come into use in the near future mm -hmm. so that is maybe one trend the second trend affecting north america in general mm -hmm. um is also of course the uh the global uh, trade situation mm -hmm. uh, which uh um is is of a concern for us because we are a promoter of free trade we like uh we do not like uh, tariffs or even non-tariff barriers and and we hope that they they will fade away at one stage at the moment there there were some uh, tariffs basically decided and we are in the process of examining what kind of impact that will have on our business in the near future. Nevertheless, we're strong in North America, especially in the States, but also in Canada. Um, our presence is, is, is ever growing. Uh, we will uh, be having a new headquarter now in, in, in Virginia and opening um, during 2020. Our commitment is as stronger as ever. Mm -hmm. So for us, the, the whole tariff or let's call it the trade war situation is something temporary in our view. So we're there for the long run, so we will not shy away. And how uh, how big of an impact do you think the tariffs will have? How many products or how big of your 
It's it's uh, hard to say at this point in time. Finally, it looks like it will not be too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we think it's it's one one two products maybe might be affected. Not confirmed yet. We will find out next couple of weeks. The the final question is with all this innovation happening, what where do you draw the line, right? We could there's new ideas you could choose to pursue. How do you decide what to focus on? What's the um, you know what goes to the top of the list? Top of the list is is difficult because I think that the upcoming things around new business models we are faced to. Mm-hmm. We started projects. We think about this. Uh, also for this, will this rental business maintain as it is? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid there's also some disruptive things going on, and we will take part in this game, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, there are other things, uh, of course, environmental things, but also the availability of skilled and trained operators. This is an issue in Europe. There are some job sites could not be performed because there's a lack of experienced, trained, educated excavators or, or operators. And so we have discussions about remote tailor operation and, and so on. But this is one part, the uh, thing is uh, process, thinking in processes, not just in machines. And of course, the uh, that's not just in uh, Europe, but North America, as we reported extensively. I mean, not enough people who can actually do the job. Um, so as you're like focusing on augmented reality, other tools, you're certainly working on um, uh, making those operations easier. Is that basically? We think about, but this is in a very early stage. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening uh, to another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast. Uh, we're here in southern Germany with Lee Perry.